Welcome to Talking in Stations. It is Matterall here with Rundle. Hello, everyone. Rundle and Niter. Welcome to my fellow New Eden pilots. Nice to see you, Rundle. Uh, also in the room today, we have uh, Nick Bison, who is now a staff member. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing fine. Any questions to my candidacy, please uh, relay them to my campaign manager, Rundle. All right. <laughs> Nick Bison, CSM 16, vote early, vote often. <laughs> uh, also with us today is Adrian Denard, who is the editor of our newspaper for Ingame. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Okay, so we're going to have a little interview a little bit later with uh, a surprise guest. Um, I guess I could just tell you the name is uh, Rizo. Oh, where is it? Rizo Typho. I think that's the name he goes by, but uh, he has done an incredible thing. And I'm going to leave that as a little surprise. We'll talk to him in about, uh, well, after the news. So we'll have awesome. him in a, in a minute. And this is going to be the news for Friday. Date. Today's Friday. Yeah, there we go. April uh, 23rd. 23rd. Today's Friday, April 23rd. All right. Be great to do this with a checklist, wouldn't it? Uh, all right. Well, yeah. let's, let's go into Imagine if the, only we had the technology. Yeah. Let's go to that news. Let's go to that news bin, Rundle. What do we got? All right. Well, uh, so I think uh, Adrian Land's going to talk a little bit about this, but I'll introduce it. There was a, a little a little get-together with Space Friends in Solitude. Uh, Adrian, do you want to go through that? Absolutely. Um, so in Solitude, uh, the system is, forgive me if I mispronounce this, Aider. Um there's a corp bear club for men. They have an Athenor in the system. <laughs> and so um, I will end your whole fought no forks given around that structure. And they brought a lot of expensive toys. Um, Revelation dreadnoughts, Moros, carriers, um, and quite a bit of it got destroyed. So we ended up with um, I will end your whole lost like 247 billion. Uh, in ships and equipment, and no forks given, ended up losing seventy-nine billion. Um, that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good price tag. That's uh, that's like kissing one keep stars worth a one a nice big juicy keep star worth of ships in one fight. It's Adrenaline. No, it's uh, so I'm looking at in solitude. solitude. Yeah, I'm way up in solitude. solitude. Yeah, but where on solitude? I'll just uh, have to search for it. A-E-T-E-R. Oh, Ader. Ader, yeah. It's in, the, it's in this little three-section, uh, low-sec, um, kind of down in the, the map I use in the southeast corner. Ah, uh, that's there. at the very bottom. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like, by the looks of this, it has uh, had an NPC station in it. Huh. Well, this is high-sec, yes, so, is. I mean, this is... Um, Empire Space. So that station is actually an NPC station there. So it's still there. No wonder. No, they fought over in Athenor, though. Right, but it's a... That's what happened. Right, right, right. But I was looking at the... Uh, yeah. I was thinking like, well, the that system. used to be a station, but it's not anymore. I I'm wrong about that. All right, cool. Well, I think the notable fight, notable stuff there is the, not only the amount that was destroyed, but also the names of the alliances. I love... Bear Club for me. Yeah, that's a great, you know, if you read it in one line, right? I will end your whole thought, no forks given over a Bear Club for Men, Athenor. Hey, you got to have a catchy and a, name. And a party was thrown afterwards. The after party was great. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like one of those memory <laughs> tricks, right? Exactly. That's right. Ah, but still, you know, like that's a pretty pricey thing with, uh, you know, industry changes coming, like, that's a lot of stuff to be gone off the off the off your uh, account and out of your hands, knowing that man, it's going to cost three to five times that to replace it. It was an interesting ship combination for not having like a lot of cheap support ships with it. You know, you just whip out like nine dreadnoughts by themselves. Especially now, I mean, you want to hold on to those. Yeah. Well, All right. So from there. Uh, we'll talk with Ardeland here about a a discussion out on a uh, one of our one of the world's favorite websites, 
uh, I can't bring I can't bring myself to say it. I'm just so, I'm a little verklempt about it. But you yeah, Reddit. It. Okay. Uh, not, not that Reddit is the best source of accurate information, but um, this like had charts and stuff with it, so it seemed accurate. Um, so we had the economic report come out for March, and people have been looking at it. They've been looking at the Excel files that come along with it, and uh, these two players came to a pretty interesting conclusion regarding the consumer price index and the SPI chart. Um, so when they were looking through these files, there's a big chunk of that that's basically domina dominated by information about Plex and Plex derivatives like pilot services. Um, and the argument is that Plex can't be generated in game. So it's more an indicator of things going on in the real world, like how much players are willing to spend on Plex. Um, whereas if you remove Plex from the equation, um, you will actually see the, we're having about five to 10% inflation of goods in game, basically from scarcity. Um, I know I'm not even producing any tech one stuff right now because ore prices are just obnoxious. Hmm. Yeah, it looks so like are they saying the they, are they saying that they should um, adjust the index to remove the plex from it, or have a secondary index that just tracks the plex for purposes of? Uh, the one guy's point was that it, it needs to be based more on in-game generated things like ships, um, fittings. You know things in game that are actually affected by what people are doing in game and not Plex. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure if he was saying that they should just remove Plex from the index entirely or or have a second index or what exactly the fix would be. Yeah, I think at the okay. end he says uh, TLDR Plex shouldn't be counted as part of CPI because you can't make it through gameplay. Plex got cheaper because there's less ISK faucet. This made CPI artificially low. Actually, it makes it more expensive these days. The consumer price index is what he's saying is low, right? So yeah, artificially because shit low. is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm just reiterating the words so it percolates through my brain. That makes sense. Okay. Right. Ooh, look at that. Well, we'll take a good look at the MER. Sunday after we uh, study it. I haven't looked at it yet with other people. So we'll, we'll look at the MER. I know you covered it a little bit, Rundle, on uh, what was that, Tuesday's show? Yeah, it needs a good, a good talking through, though. We didn't cover all of it. So to d dice it up and slice it up would be quite beneficial for uh, you know you doing it your standard way. I think the audience was actually, I think there was a couple of people in the audience who were, were like, wait, where's how come Matterall's not here slicing and dicing this thing up? So um, No, I didn't. Okay. Um, if I look at it, uh, what it's showing is if you were to take, and this is what this graph is, that blue line, that dark blue line at the bottom, if you were to take Plex out, that looks that's what it would look like without Plex. And uh, the adjusted CPI, I think adjusted for, um, let's see, consumer price index adjusted CPI, let's see. Normal CPI, Plex CPI, adjusted CPI. All right, I don't get what normal is in here, but with Plex is the dark blue line, which means the CPI is a lot lower. And without adjusted CPI, without Plex, I guess is a lot higher. Wow. Trying to figure things was, out on air. Not a good idea. He was confused because I guess they've been looking at this for months and it kept holding steady, even though it seemed like prices were going up in game. Right. And then they kind of tried to take a closer look at it. Well, one thing about Plex is um, it's not really, I mean, Plex, one of the things we tell people about Plex is that you don't think of it in terms of costing more or costing less, that it is really the link to the real world because it's linked directly with purchasable uh, items. And I think it's one of the few if not the only, that it is a representation of labor strength inside the game compared to real-world money. And so it's your gold standard. So when it is dropping in value, that means that your labor in the game 
your time, your money, your objects are worth more against the gold, against the plex. And we were in real trouble when uh, plex was uh, really, really expensive because that showed you that your labor in the game was just not worth anything. It was like you're crawling up a sand hill, not getting anywhere. Doesn't matter how much you mine, doesn't matter how much you build, doesn't matter any of that stuff, because buying Plex was always super expensive, which means everything you were doing in-game, bad value. Now you can see that it's fallen from 4. Point, what was it at? 4.6 per unit down to like, what are we at now? 2.1 2. 2. 2. something, 2.2. 2. That's lower than I've ever seen it. Mm, ex ever seen it since it became 500 Plex per month. Uh, it was a time where it was unified into one Plex equals one month of game time. And they broke it up into 500 units so that it could be traded uh, into the Plex store. And they removed the whole Aram currency that they had for that. And when they did that conversion, it immediately started growing really fast. And I haven't seen Plex at 2.1, I don't think ever, or... Maybe it was start at 1.8, I think. So maybe that's, but that was just for a few yeah. months. Anyway, the point is now at 2.1, Plex has uh, become very cheap, which means that, hey, stuff that I do in the game actually counts. Uh, so that's how you should look at Plex. It's not, a, it's not that Plex is expensive or inexpensive. It's just how valuable is your labor in the game. Yep. I look at Plex more like, like with a tear in my eye because I should have sold when it was 4.2. But, you know, that's how I look at Plex. Through tear-ridden eyes. 1.1 to 1.2 billion per 30 days. Yeah, that's what yeah. it used to be. I think that's where it was. Thanks, Sarah Patacane. I remember that name. All right, guys. Sorry about that. Do we have more news? Let's see. Yep. We got the, uh, the starter packs, uh, last 72-hour sale. Uh, so there's a number of starter packs. It's like uh, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum, and you get various items with some plex, oddly enough, in them, and some skill points and some skins and various ones. And it's uh, you can buy one of these per account and only one. And once you do that, it's uh, done. They're on sale, 30% off. They're going to update with some new ones. And so if you buy these, it's not going to lock you out of the next set that's going to be coming. So um, oh, yeah, if you want to spend some money, go do well, that. Why is that important? Uh, which part? That you, if you buy this, it won't lock you out of the next one. Oh well, because uh, they're they're going to refresh the uh, they're going to refresh the starter packs coming up here next week probably. So they'll drop a whole new set of starter packs with maybe a new mix of whatever, maybe with some of the expert systems in them, um, stuff like that to try to mix those uh, into the game a little bit more. And, and update what's the contents. And so if you, uh, the why it was important was, you know, let's say there's a new set of skins or uh, you really want the starter pack. If you bought the, the bronze today and in a week when they bring the new ones out, oh, I really want the bronze, but you locked yourself out. But anyways, that, you're not going to do that. So these will, once you buy these, they'll be fine. Whatever drops will have a whole new set of triggers. And so your account will basically refresh with all the new starter packs when they when they come up again right and i think these were popular well i heard these are not that popular but um they have experience in them or actually skill points in them so if you wanted to buy the pack engulf the skill points you could the refresh would allow you to do that again after this that's right so it's it's basically a, a way of getting some last minute experience buys in yeah, it's the experience in the Plex that are probably going to interest most people. And at 30% off, it's, I think I did the math a couple of times. They're not, they're not a bad deal mixed all together. The, the skill points and the Plex and the individual items add up to more real money than, you know, the package. So you already got a little bit of a discount on the package. 30% off makes them even a little better deal now. Uh, but, you know, you have to be willing to sell the Plex and use the skill points. But if you have a high skill point character, um, you know, this just goes straight on to, into your character. So you don't have to, there's no discount on them. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble finding what's actually in these. Uh, click view details just to the right there. The little white button. Thank there you, you go. Yep. Uh, so it's, uh, let's see, Plex skill points. So that is experience basically. 
Yeah, and they're a big. Number. It's two hundred fifty thousand, right? So if you go and buy, you go and buy all of them. Uh, I think you get. Well, that's the bronze uh, pack. Let's like, look at this. Like a million. Let's look. Sixty-two. Let's see what this one does. One of these is probably the sweet spot. No, each one of those that oh, have okay. skill points is two hundred fifty thousand skill points. It's the plex that goes up. This one's got fifteen hundred plex. So yeah. So if you buy, if you were to buy all four, you'd have a million skill points. And I can't remember what the plex is. Probably just around two thousand plex is what it is. And then some skins and some clothing and various things like that. Right. And once again, I, mean, I think that what I was trying to get to. You said it already, but is is it actual skill points? Yeah, it is skill points. So yes, for high level characters, that's a good yeah, way. It's to not it's not a skill point uh, injector, injector right? right? So so if you if you you know above that top tier on the injector, where you'd take a, a five hundred thousand skill point injector, it would only give you a hundred thousand. But there's none of this. When you buy this, it'd be if you buy all four, it'd be a straight million skill points you can put into your already high skill point character and nothing's going to get shaved off the top. Yeah. And then you could do it again if you wanted to a little bit later. So that's right. Okay, cool. So I've heard they're like closing that one out. They're not going to do that one again. Yeah. All right. Uh, Abyssal? So the other thing in game, uh, the CCP driven is the Abyssal Proving Grounds. That's, I think we've talked about that a couple of times. Just another reminder. It's the um, 2v2 uh, Navy faction frigate. Um, proving ground starting today through the 27th. Uh, you can go online and take a look at that. Um, so, good time to have uh, the Navy faction frigates go poof just before the industry. I think that's a little. Uh, I don't know if that's just bad timing between the, the between the uh, promotions crew and the the gaming in- industry crew. But hey, why not? It always, be fun. yeah, those aren't yeah, always tin 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 foil, right? Um, so that's uh, CCP driven. Uh, in-game by players, uh, the Bombers Bar this weekend is hosting a 48-hour-long armada or flotilla from this Friday to Sunday. So a constant 48 hours, and they are saying that will be the longest constant-running not-pink-shoot-it fleet, NPSI fleet. So they're going to rotate FCs in and out, um, and they're going to need support and bombers to uh, to ensure they can accomplish that 48 hour mission apparently there's going to have some surprises the fcs will have along the way and so it could be a fun way to try out some black ops bombing with uh with bombers bar so there's a, a discord and let me uh i guess you can i'll put some uh information here uh in game channel throw it here on in, in chat here all right i will get that link there for bombers bar you got it i do all right thanks there we go so the last thing here is the Webby. Ah, yes, I forgot that. What happened here? Well, Project Discovery, I guess, was uh, was Ooh. voted um, uh, or is up is nominated. Sorry, for voting uh, uh, for a Webby Award. So, if uh, if you're listening and you're you want to go and add your vote, um, I think um, I think. Uh, Adrian was saying you had voted earlier and they were leading at this point. So we could. Yeah, uh, they, they have the link on, uh, on the launcher. And, uh, I went in and voted this morning and they were like way ahead for project discovery winning. So let's have a look. I'm going to vote right now. Uh, so I hit vote now. So I have to log in. Well, here it is oh, right there. Yeah. Just right there. Hit vote, the right one. I think. Project discovery vote. Yeah, I have to sign up to vote, it looks like. Oh, thwarted. All right, well, I'll do that thwarted. after the program. Well, apparently uh, the Webby is, uh, according to New York Times, it's the Internet's, Internet's highest honor. It is presented by the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences, and it's uh, one of the leading international or, uh, award organizations honoring excellence in the Internet. Anyways, you can go onto the CCP website and read out, uh, read all about why they were nominated with mm-hmm. the project discovery. It's the Oscars for uh, Yeah, it's kind of like web web based Oscars, yeah. Project Discovery's kind of been doing some neat things. It's kind of a they've got a few different awards and mentions just because of the you know, the uniqueness of it and the crowdsourcing for, for higher use sort of uh, activities. It's kind of a neat thing. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go sign up. Even if Matterall doesn't want to, I'm gonna go do it eventually here. 
<laughs> I want to. I just didn't want to uh, put any personal. It's, personal it's easy. It's like one button click, and I was signed up. So. Yeah, uh, Dominark says what uh, we said earlier from Mike that uh, the project discovery is in the lead. So, excellent. Boom, Kuda. Thank you for the sub. We don't usually sing that song, but we'll sing it for you. Good to see you, Kuda. All right, and of course, uh, CSMs. Uh, you know, people are you know getting ready to run their campaigns. You can uh, start following that. Keep uh, keep an eye out for various. Um, you know, CSM people or CSM one, uh, candidates who are going to be appearing on shows here and there, or popping up with their campaign yeah. stuff. Keep an eye out for that if that interests you uh, all across, uh, you know, New Eden meta space, as well as maybe even in game, you might see some some spamming and such. You think? Uh, um, you never know. There's people who like to throw things up in local. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hold it against them. CSM 16 EVE Online, if you search that, and here they are. Let's look at those dates because uh, there are people who may want to get involved there. So the 26th of April through the 12th is your submission period. So we're still in submission period right now. In fact, it hasn't even started. It hasn't so even started, days. yeah. It hasn't even started. I think what, what happened was they announced, here are the dates for the submission period, and people instantly started. I'm going to run and started campaigning. I'm not even going to wait to the 26th of April. Yeah. So what's interesting about CSM is that it is something that you uh, probably need some name recognition and, uh, or, and or your people have to be told to vote for you. So... Somebody coming to the table without any preference is going to sit down and say, let me look through here. Here's a name I recognize, and here's a name I like. I'll probably vote for that person as opposed to just a name because these are all fictional names or whatever. So, right. uh, Otherwise, you get a list given to you by your CEO or something, and they say, here, vote for these guys. And then you're just like, okay, I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to vote for those guys. And that's kind of how CSM works. So name recognition, really important if you want miscellaneous votes. Oh, the third option is that you actually buy votes, which is totally legal. And there are people who have uh, what are called skill farms. So uh, there was a time where this didn't exist, but if you if you uh, wanted to create an alt, train the alt, and then harvest the skill points that that alt earned, uh, you could actually make some money doing it. And it, it's sometimes it's lucrative, sometimes it's a money pit. But people do it, and in doing so, they create account after account after account after account. So some people have hundreds of accounts. I think one guy had 400, and there's people who have much more than that. Uh, but there's a lot of people that have like a 30-character farm or a 90-character farm, which is a lot of work for you to do, but that's a lot of income that you can make. Uh, and then you use those characters for auxiliary income like uh, planetary interaction and mining, that sort of thing. Some of them are Sino alts, you know, whatever. You don't want to put too much investment into them because that cuts into your profits. So these zombie farms, as they were called when they came out, or skill farms, they usually pay an additional dividend, additional harvest every year, and that is votes for CSM. So people will sell their votes to, you know, they put themselves out on the market and say, hey, I've got 120 skill farming accounts and I'm willing to vote for somebody here's my price for each one so there's that all right all right okay anything else on CSM if not we'll move over to talk to our new friend Rizo yeah I'm interested in hearing this uh, I mean I, I want to hear the interview I'm, I'm interested to hear what he's done all right. Well, I'm we will. Pretending I don't, I'm pretending I don't already know, but ooh, it's so exciting. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll be back in one minute uh, with our guest, Rizo. Okay, let me switch this off. No, I'm going to need that up. And let me grab him and drag him in. All right, we're starting in like 30 seconds, Rizo. How are you? Can you hey. a link to your. Uh, never mind, I'll get it here because I think I have it still. Yeah. The video is ready. To be shown, you said? It's ready. Okay, cool. Let me pause it. We have 20 seconds remaining. Go into theater mode. 
chuckling. Your version of one minute's kind of long. Yeah, six seconds, five seconds. All right, uh, that should complete the ad. Welcome back. Hey, I was just looking at, uh, I caught a glimpse of myself on camera and I forgot to shave for like weeks. So I've got a full grown grizzly man uh, beard going and I kind of look like one of those characters in the game when I when I turn my head, it's all dark. Uh, that's a first for me. I don't think I've ever had a beard, so whatever. Uh, okay, so this segment, we want to talk to somebody who's done something that's incredibly difficult to do and takes a long time. Actually, this uh, ran off without me. And uh, that is traveling around EVE Online. We only, uh, we were introduced to, to this concept by Katya Say, who did it uh, over a period of years. Started in 2000, I believe, 9 uh, took a break like 2013, 14, took a couple years off, I think started again. And uh, our next guest, Rizo Typho, is actually a new player and has managed to accomplish the same thing. That is travel to every system in New Eden. Let's have a look at what that looks like, just so you can be, appreciate it. You can also scroll at the end of the video. Yeah, so... Uh, you guys know what the map looks like, and uh, do you know offhand, uh, Rizo, how many um, known systems there are? Is it like 5,000 or 4,000? 4, I have the website of Katya open, and it says 2,604 wormholes and 5,201 space. That was my guess. I was going to guess 5,300. So 5,200... Uh, known systems, and then an additional, like, I believe, 2,000 uh, wormholes that are invisible to you and me. You can't travel to them. You have to scan them down. That is a lot of traveling. And Rizo, like Katya, joins a really exclusive group. Only two people in EVE Online have ever done this. So how are you doing, Rizo Taiso? It's nice to meet you. Hello. Uh, I'm yeah, not entirely sure what to say, but yeah, I'm... I only know one person who visited more systems because I have not yet the chance to get to Polaris. Yeah. All right. So tell me when your voyage started. Well, I started playing around 2015. And uh, when I heard the story of Katya, I looked at the map of systems I already visited. And then I thought, hmm, that already looks pretty filled. Let's see what systems are missing. So I really slowly finished off known space. Now that took a while, and in mostly in 2020, I started uh, running around wormhole space and searching for the remaining couple thousand wormholes at that time. Yeah, it says here you jumped 69 jumps a day on average. Yeah, on average, but it's likely even a bit more than that. One thing that's different, I, I don't know if it's different, but the, uh, well, Katya Say, we should say, did this and didn't die. So this was like her full focus. She took her time doing it. And, and that was an incredible, like, topping on on her ice cream or whatever. It was like, a, it was not only something incredible, but it was something under uh, incredible accuracy, let's say. But it took a long, long time. Did you do this without dying? Uh, I died more than a couple times along the way because, yeah, uh, in the first couple of years I was just doing normal gameplay with PvP and stuff, and I died also more than a couple times. Mm -hmm. So you you were just traveling like crazy, and uh, so you were going into systems more than one time, it sounds like. Yes. Right. So it, it, when did you decide, hey, I move around a lot, I should probably try to go to all the systems I haven't been to? I said, uh Actually, a couple of days after uh, uh, the Katya finished her journey, you can see pretty clearly that I moved my pattern, how I move around. And you can clearly see at that day I started finishing off the last couple of systems, which have not been visited yet. Uh, I see. So you started going around. Uh, where was the most, where, where was the most challenging uh, area? Like uh, when you first started and you were like, okay, I'm really going to do this. Was there a... Uh, an area that was challenging then or or maybe and, and did it get easier as you went on or was there one area that was like oh my god just didn't matter when i did it it was difficult 
Well, uh, towards end, I was still missing a uh, handful of systems in Delve, and at the time, Delve was already burning. And that was a nice. bit stressful because there was also a no cloaky storm, so I could even, couldn't even cloak. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's right. The electrical storms. I was in those storms. Uh, yeah. It's an easy way to get killed. So I interrupted you. Go ahead. And uh, still managed to get in and out of there without dying. How did you do that? Was that a, uh, a, a sub two second warp interceptor and just map out your route and today this is what I'm doing and if I die I'll try it tomorrow sort of thing? Well, towards the end, I, uh, I think in the last two years I only lost one ship. So that wasn't too bad. And yeah, I'm using an uh, insta warping STO, which. Uh, after you know your ship, it's really hard to catch. So you have uh, on this video, which is really cool because it looks like a nerve center under a microscope, but you're uh, lighting up your path as you go. And you're also putting in milestones of what's happening in Eve, in the greater Eve on here too. That's what those little uh, comments are at the bottom. So here it is. Katya finishes her journey. So this is when you decide you've already traveled this whole area and you're like, hey, I think I can do this too. Let me get going. And you become very Thanks, deliberate. Yeah. So that was 2019. Uh, on the right-hand side, you see the wormhole space. So you've been traveling through wormholes this whole time. Um, you've just been moving around like crazy. Yeah, uh, exploration everywhere is kind of fun. Yeah. Did blackout help you? Because it looks like you just went through blackout. Uh, well, blackout, uh, at the time, I didn't was too active in... Uh, null sec, but I I prefer to see what uh, people are with me in system. Hmm. Rare gold magnet changes owner for one million plex. Remember, we did a show on that, and uh, that was Keldon, I think, who had sold that. Well, this is really cool because it maps up against the last few years, and um, and it looks like when you're doing this, there's different parts of the map that are lighting up. So you're clearly using wormholes to get to different areas. Yes. Um, you see, uh, and now since the uh, filaments are out, I also use filaments to get me into null second times. Yeah. And Raravas reaches full liminality as first system. Now, this is interesting because you needed to finish this, I think, before Poshman was created because it would have knocked those holes into a, a harder place to get to yeah i a uh, couple uh, weeks before it happened i thought hmm, maybe it's better if i just peek in there once so that it's finished off so anything with a full liminality you went and visited that right away just to get it off the check check it off the list yeah i've been to oh, a couple of the final systems and now we see Poshvin is formed. So now those systems are out, but you've probably taken care of most of those. Look at that. After Poshvin is formed, you take on all kinds of, uh, you're really making sure you're hitting everything now. It looks like yep. you have heavy traveling days here in 2000, uh, this year actually, in January. And uh, now you can see on the left side, yes, now we're Wormhole marked with the Queen Star, and that is actually the last Wormhole I visited. And uh, it's actually quite interesting because on the last day, on the 30th December, mm -hmm. I not only visited the last system, but also the second last Wormhole, which was really nice. That was wild. Well done, well done. That was fantastic. There's music on that one. Yes, there's some music on it. Yeah, it's a better viewing experience. We went through it real time, but it's a six minute, 20 second video. Let me actually post that to, we'll put it on show notes as well. So while you're doing that, uh, McBeggar from the audience asks, were you actually, were you doing any relic sites or anything like that along the way? Or was it yes. just the travel? Oh, you really were. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Hey, look, there's some like a squirrel. <laughs> exactly. well it's like i found change on the floor as i'm coming through this uh yeah this place but i think that's an, uh, interesting it seems like you were uh and i don't know if katia was doing this but you're actually playing the content as you're going through some of these places and that's i think that's unusual yes. 
Were there any uh, items that uh, of interest where you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I've always wanted to buy that BP or one of those items. <clears throat> Name some of those things. Like I'm, I'm finally going through that system. I'm going to buy it. Was there anything like that? Uh, yes. So, you uh, about that? Well, I, one time I was playing around how to get the fastest ship, and for that, in the ship simulation, I just needed a bit more power quit, I think, and then I thought, hmm, that offers a module that has exactly what I need. So I bought it for way too many billions. <laughs> So again, we're looking at that. Your averages are sixty-nine jumps per day, but obviously, some days you weren't trying to jump. Um, I, th I think what I want to understand is: Are you somebody that just moved around a lot and then thought, "Hey, I could turn this into something," or did you? Yep. So you just when you play, you play a lot and you move around a lot. Yes. Yeah. And in a second, I can actually tell you how many jumps I did the most in one day. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is how many jumps did you jump in one day? 69 jumps a day was his average. That's not... Uh... Yeah, Katya did do all the wormholes too. Uh, and, on, and on one day, I made even five, uh, 499 jumps. 90, 499? <laughs> yes. Why didn't you jump once more? Did, did the stroke of midnight stop you? That's a lot of jumps. I, well, that was back in uh, October 2015, so that's uh, quite a bit of a while ago. Man, when it's time for bed, it's time for bed, though. Screw that last yeah, jump. For, uh, yeah. Still, and at like, that time, I was not keeping track of it. I was just oh, uh, having was, it locking in the background. So that was just you playing the game, 499 jumps in a day. Wow. Yeah, that's 499. I mean, I panic when I got to go over more than 40 jumps to do something. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll do that tomorrow or eh, I'll just wait. I'll do it some other time. 499. What, Nick, what do you think, Nick? I don't, when I got to go more than 20 jumps, I hire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> True lazy industrialist. Yeah, 499. Nick. Wow. That was a big, big session for you. So. <laughs> This year, uh, I, the most jumps I did uh, per day this year was 348. I went around, well, started in Geminid and then went on from there. I say that again. That's 300. Uh, 348. Jumps in what period of time? One day. Oh, I say That's your... That was this year, right? Lately, yeah. Yes, it's this year. <laughs> oh, that's, my God. That's amazing. I mean... You know, I was joking earlier, well, half joking. I mean, I moved from tribute to impasse and moved subcaps, you know, gate to gate. And that was horrific. And I think that was maybe 57 jumps. I can't imagine 69 the average day after day. Well, that's yeah. like, what, 10 hours of jumping if you do like 400? Yeah. Uh, a lot. I can actually check that, but that will take a while. No. Yeah. So, uh, is there any estimate of cost, like in terms of? Uh, I don't even know. Like sanity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you didn't lose many ships, but you know, I'm just wondering. Or maybe, maybe the other way around is maybe it didn't cost you a lot. But do you have any indicate any idea of how much you made doing the relics and? along the way i guess that's just an overall general but you know or did you find i guess you very unique stuff by being in other areas of the of the of the solar system or the universe that maybe others don't get to i guess i just there's got to be a financial component to this somewhere i'm well, just wondering he was exploring i think but go ahead yeah, yeah. and uh the most memorable uh, was actually doing drone sites uh uh, data sites in the drone regions because there you can find augmented drone BPCs. And when you get in 61 augmented drone BPCs for the heavy drones or something, they cost really a lot. And that was like a couple billion. <laughs> oh, nice payday. Nice, nice. Also found when the capital ancillary shield repair were really expensive, like 
I think 300 million per one. I also found a 10-1 BPC of them in the Tron regions, which was also really nice. Mm. McBegger, nice. uh, speaking of loot that you picked up, McBegger wants to know if you documented your loot. Uh, sadly not. That would have been interesting, but sadly not. Yeah. He also pointed out earlier that stopping to do relics along the way is time-consuming. So, um, you know, again, I, I I think I have to emphasize that you're an ex you're doing this in exploration, but you're actually participating with the environment. You're not you're not just passing through these systems. I guess until you figure out like, hey, uh, I could do this too, and then you probably become more deliberate about just marking it and going to the next system. Yeah, especially in the warm world, I just uh, jumped and jumped and jumped. Yeah. Oh, because you have to you have to track those down, and it's like trading cards. You have to just keep buying pack after pack after pack until you get the one rare card, I suppose. Uh, yeah, and uh, in the warm world, especially uh, in the first couple of weeks, I found like 10 new warm a day. Mm -hmm. But at the end, it was uh, slowing down and slowing down, and eventually... In uh, November or something, I only got one or two new wormholes per day, and that got uh, quite oh. stressful at the end because I needed like hundreds of jump to find a new one. Oh my god, that's so rough! Ouch, that's so rough to think about. I hadn't considered that. So, what is what was it like being in the war zone too? Was that interesting? To you? Uh, well, for me, it wasn't too different because when I was explore, exploring, uh, yeah, you're always neutral in that region. And I usually try to avoid the most busy systems, but yeah, sometimes you just run into camps and then you are stuck 10 minutes at the same gate and trying to get out. Mm, yikes. So you got both sides shooting at you as you're trying to just move around in there. Yep. And, and, uh, and plus you have electrical storms to deal with, which don't let you cloak, because you're in a stereo, I take it. Yeah, I usually make a... I keep distance to them nowadays, if I can. You keep distance from them? Yeah. You mean you're not... You won't fly in a stereo? Uh, well, uh, I prefer to be <laughs> cloaked. <clears throat> yeah. I see. Well, and, it, keep going. And uh, yeah, one day I was jumping into a gate camp and uh, there was already a saber waiting and a whole bunch of other dudes. And I jumped back and they already set up bubbles on both sides. So I was uh, stuck there. And when you know there are five plus people on each side, then you can't that easily align out and cloak up because when they decloak you, you, uh, you have a problem. So I was crushing the gate until I spawned just outside the bubble and then whooped off as it was. Oh, you got away from that? Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Wow. So crashing the gate is turning around and going through it again. So every yes. time, it's like rolling the dice. You jump through, you realize you're in trouble, and you start running towards the gate. Hopefully they don't kill you before you get there. And so you kept going back and exactly. forth? I That's well, it was for 10 minutes, so uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> Crashing the gate for ten minutes—that's hilarious! Wow. So what? Uh, so it, I'm curious on how often you had to interact with other players. Did any diplomacy play a role in this? Uh, talk your way out. So you, obviously, you uh, certainly mastered the gate crashing way of avoiding conflict. But did you t have to talk your way out of some stuff? Or hey, I'm just here to do this thing, or anything like that with player interaction? Or how solo was that? I guess that's the other side of the coin. Well, I started convos with people here and there, not rarely, but I didn't really ask to get uh, get out again. So, so yeah. still, so for the most part, quite more or less solo. Didn't need any help from anyone. Didn't ask for, hey, have you got a you know the wormhole scanned yet? Could you lead me to them or anything like that? That's a that's a, that's amazing. Well done. Well, well, towards the end for the last uh, 20 wormholes, I started looking at that killwood if somebody was active in that system. And that was helped a bit to find the last couple of wormholes. Oh, that's a neat, uh, that's a good, uh, good way to try to find those last ones if anyone else is ever going to try this.
Um, Valamir has a really good, yeah, well, Valamir, yeah, Valamir has a good question. How did you actually track what systems you had and had not been to? How, kind of what's the, some of the backend mechanics of how you managed all this? Uh, well, uh, the local uh, is also tracked in the, uh, well, in which system you are is also tracked in the local chat channel and the local chat channel can be logged to the disk. And so I have. Uh, hundreds of megabytes of local chat logs, which I wrote a program for to see well, what systems I have visited. And did you cross-reference that with the in-game map where you, you know... Uh, well, uh, uh, thankfully, CCP has also the static data export, and I wrote a small program which uh, picks out what systems I have been. Okay, so a little bit of preparation on your end as well to 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 pull all that off. Excellent. Yeah, but uh, uh, sadly, before twenty eighteen, the information for the for the wormholes was not locked. So uh, for that time, I only well before that, I already made a lot of bookmarks, and so I looked: Do I have a bookmark in that system? Yes, no, and that makes it a lot easier. Makes sense. Makes sense. Sorry, I lost on sound there for a second as I accidentally jumped out of the channel uh, and then had to reset it up. So, but I think we caught what you were saying. Okay. Uh, right. So you're from Brave, it looks like here. Yes, I. Uh, I'm doing a picture of PvP on my other accounts with uh, there. That must have made the last few, <laughs> last few systems and delve extra exciting if you were <laughs> in yep. Brave. But thankfully, it didn't run into a gate camp there at that time. That was nice. Uh, excellent. While you were and doing this, did your stuff get burned up in legacy space, or did you move it? Well, all my assets were, I keep uh, all my assets, which I have in NullSec, uh, movable, so that's not a problem for me. Yeah. How, how many hours do you play the game per day that the, when you were doing this stuff? Too, too long. <laughs> okay, won't answer that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you put a lot of time into the game. Yeah, but uh, last year this, uh, this helped me to keep a bit of sanity. Yeah, for all of us, right? This is uh, there's a lot of connection inside of EVE Online that you couldn't get in real life. So, yep. But my God, what an what an amazing what an amazing accomplishment! Only the second person to do this sort of thing. And, and you did it differently, which is nice. You had your own style for doing it. Yep, and uh, well, uh, I visited the last wormhole on the 30th de uh, December, and uh, then I sent in a ticket to CCP to ask, uh, hey guys, did I really do that? But I'm sadly still awaiting a response because, uh, yeah, it's a one-of-a-kind request almost. Yeah, come on, CCP. But it must take some time to like track it all down. And uh, and uh, f figure it out, confirm it, make sure it's real. Uh, so you're waiting yeah. for the official stamp from them, and you finished in December. Yes, and uh, while I was waiting for the confirmation, which uh, still awaiting, then I thought, hmm, what can I do till that happens? So uh, I looked at the map again and saw the lines between the star systems. And I thought, hmm, I wonder how many of these I have jumped already. So I also wrote a program which lists which gates I have jumped, and then I went on and jumping the remaining ones. Wait, did you say you wrote a program that recorded the gates you jumped through? Yes. <laughs> oh, wild. So then you completed that you've also jumped through every gate in, yes. as well as visiting every system? Yes. Okay. Well, wow. that's... Uh... That might be a first. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what you were doing in the end, and that's what you were what was happening in Delve when you went and jumped those gates. Is that what took you yes. to Delve? Okay, that's why you were like, uh, you couldn't cheat. You had to go through the gates. That's an incredible addition to the, I visited every system. By the way, I have also used every gate in the game. That's incredible. Yeah. Like double down on the awesomeness. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. That's why you were able to escape a gate camp by crashing the gate over and over again. You know these gates forward and backwards. Yeah. Yes. 
Wow, wow amazing. right? So amazing. And nowadays, when I see a single saber at the gate, uh, it's really easy to get away from a single saber. <laughs> Just laugh. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna hang out with you when I'm traveling. A single saber? Is that all you got? Is that all you got? <laughs> I'll wait for you and your friends to get here because I'm a little more difficult to catch than one saber sword. <laughs> exactly. Right, so do you have any... Um, what would you say to other players uh, from your unique experience of traveling so much and, and knowing each gate even as well as you do? Is there something that you could tell us that other people wouldn't know because they just don't jump as much as you do? Hmm. Does the world look different from your perspective after traveling it so much? Uh, well, it's uh, initially I uh, also jumped around a bit to make tacticals at bookmarks. And uh, when you have a tactical at each gate, which you often use, that is invaluable. <laughs> is there a limit to bookmarks these days? Technically, yes, but uh, I currently have, let me see. Yeah, how many? The man with the most amount of bookmarks. Drum roll, please. I have three folders with 5,908, and then another four folders with, well, it's a lot of systems, so uh, you sadly can only have five folders online at the same time. And each folder is itself limited to 3,000 bookmarks. So you can have uh, 15,000 bookmarks online at once. So that's a slight limitation. Slight limitation. <laughs> slight limitation if you're the type of guy, you know, if you're the type of guy that likes to visit every system and jump through every gate and have a tactical in every gate, then Eve just isn't set up for you. I need more than 15,000. Yes, <laughs> That's For great. Wormwood Space, I have two folders uh, with yeah, five, yeah, four and a half thousand bookmarks as saves. Okay. Uh, then I have a folder for Nullsec with uh, 3,000 saves. My God. Now I need to add other ones. That's incredible. Yeah. I think you may have given CCP an impossible task to track down everywhere you've gone. Uh. All right. And was there a favorite region of space that you liked uh, for whatever reason? I, I kind of like the, uh, the Pentas uh, Nullsec or Galente Nullsec because I'm yeah, Galente for the win. Galente ah, for the win. Nice. Player. So Serpentis uh, NPC space is uh, in Fountain. Yeah, Fountain, Outer Wings, and the kid and around there. But it's a bit busy. Not really so. I'm also currently I'm running around mostly um, MR, high sec, low sec, and around here. So what are you doing now? Are you still revisiting gates that you might not have jumped through, or? Well, currently I'm just running around uh, Empire Space, looking for tasty relic and data sites. So back to exploring for all those <laughs> new uh, for all those new industry elements, right? Yes, they are. Many. So uh, X475X has a really funny statement, but I got there's a question. I'll read his comment there. He says, maybe the reason CCP isn't getting back to you is because your statue in the game is currently being constructed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's rather funny. So here's the question, though. If they were to make a statue for you and you had a little input, what would it be? You standing on top of a gate holding the EVE universe in your hand or <laughs> something as, as grandiose as that? Or how would you maybe... And where, where you want it. I think we already figured out where he would put it. Galante space, of course, somewhere. Well, either the first system I visited or the last system. I'm not sure which place would be better. By the way, do you know what your first and last system were? The last system is Motsu, and the first one is a system I can barely pronounce. Hmm, sounds right. I feel your pain. Did you say Matsu was your last system? Yes. Look at that. I'll see where you ended your trip. Oh, I think it's already open here. Matsu, Matsu. It's M-O-T-S-U, I think, right? Citadel. In the Citadel. Basically, yeah, it's... 
downtown. Why yeah, did you choose? Why did well, you... Uh, after the time I uh, was on the lookout for the last system which I can use, and uh, I first planned to leave out two systems in Galente's base, but uh, then I, one day I made a slight mistake and jumped into these systems, and I thought, damn it. <laughs> I gotta go back from Matsu. I bet you did this. I bet you came up here, you came up to Chia, you went to La, and you skipped Matsu and then took off. And then uh... I, I actually avoided the entire pocket, okay. so that uh, yeah, only for the last couple uh, days I actually went into that pocket. That is so funny. Dang it. <laughs> I forgot that system in in uh, downtown after traveling, after all the things you've seen. Well, you know what's sweet about this, and we'll end the conversation here. Um, you started out as an explorer doing some things. You went on this massive adventure. Then you compounded that by making sure that you approached each system at every angle going through each gate. And then after all that thousands and thousands of jumps, tens of thousands of bookmarks. You went right back to exploring. Yeah, jumping around in the minigame is kind of relaxing for me. So, wow. so do you, do you nice. dream of, uh, you know, jumping now or whatever the jump game? I thought you were going to say <laughs> electric. Over over I thought you were going to say electric. Do you dream of electric sheep because he's an android? Because yeah. Of... <laughs> I was thinking he's... He's here in uh, Warp Drive Active in his sleep now. Warp Drive Active. <laughs> yeah. Warp Gate. Yeah. Any last uh, thoughts there, uh, Raisio? Uh, well, if you want to do it, it's kind of fun. At least it's a start. It's And it's yet slightly... Um, yeah. When you jump uh, 100 systems and doesn't, don't find a new one, it's... Yeah. It's kind of stressful at the end. Yeah. You sound like you're from Europe. What is it late over there? I mean, are you from Europe, first of all? Yes, I'm from Germany. Germany. So it's like 2, 2 a.m. your time or something. 3 a.m. actually. 3 a.m.? Oh, my God. We probably should have arranged this at a better time for you, right? Oh, you sound wide awake. You probably, <laughs> yeah, make, like, uh, probably, probably make a couple hundred more jumps right now before he goes to sleep. Yeah. One final question from the audience, because I think it's a really good question. Were you able to make it into the AT systems? Well, there's no gate to there, and no warm leads there, and no filaments or nothing, so not yet. Not yeah. yet, okay. It's impossible. CCP would have to pull you in there, of course. So Yes. Yeah. Well, Just wondering if you had had a chance to have that. So, all right, yeah. CPP, CCP, if you're listening, he needs one more system. One more system. Well, right, so... Uh, Super nice to meet you and talk with you. We've been talking for a few weeks now because you were trying to get certification and then we could bring you on to the show. Uh, you did finish your video, which is why we decided to show that today. You finished that recently. Um, but, I guess just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So good for you doing that. I really like the idea of the milestones too, to help people conceptualize what's going on in the game as you're traveling and uh, going through these systems. Um, what you've done is an amazing accomplishment. I, Again, there's there's a re reason only two people have ever done it in Eve Online, uh, and you know an 18 year old game. So amazing. So um, again, pleasure to meet you. We're going to talk about you more in the future. Hopefully, there's uh, some kind of recognition from CCP that you've uh, traveled all these systems and all these gates too. Okay, now you can finally sleep. Uh, sleep is once a week. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> All right, sleep for the week. All right, guys, uh, thanks for sticking with us. I want to thank uh, our guest, Ricio, but I also want to thank uh, uh, Nick and Rundle. And, of course, before that, uh, we have Adrian Land here, our newspaper editor. Thanks, guys. you have anything else, Rundle? Uh, nope. Uh, you know, it's weekend, so get out there and enjoy, you know, times with your space friends. There's some things going on with CCP. There's lots of things uh, to just enjoy. Maybe start your adventure jumping around uh, every system and every gate today. Why wait? Yeah. All right. And Sunday, we'll be back. We're going to talk. We're going to review the week, and we will talk about the uh, 
two keep stars that went down today. We didn't get a chance to talk about those. Um, we'll save that for the weekend because we want to do an overall war report. Uh, what's happening in EVE Online right now, as you know, is a big war. There's a milestone that's been reached, which is essentially that all the keep stars outside of the Delve constellation have been destroyed. And uh, there is one more keep star that needs to be destroyed uh, in order for that to be completely true. And that's going to be happening on Sunday or Monday. So we'll, uh, we'll see. There's going to be also this weekend, um, I think Pappy is are going to make a bunch of um, announcements to their players because there is a transitioning happening. It's happening right now, actually. So maybe we'll have some special footage uh, this weekend on Saturday. But uh, the uh, Pappy forces have begun to take on the constellation of 1DQ. So that's already beginning, even though there's still one more Keepstar that needs to be destroyed outside of the constellation. We're in transition to the siege of 1DQ right now. And uh, it's going to be interesting. So this weekend, there'll be a big status briefing for all of the Pappy forces. Uh, I don't know what the Imperium is going to do. They may totally ignore that there's a transition, that we're moving into the siege phase. Uh, or or maybe they do have some kind of uh, the usual fireside that they have, and, and they may talk about it there. So lots of war news. We'll cover that on Sunday. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. We will see you next time on Talking in Stations. <laughs>